This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we're talking recruiting, and Utes get a new commit, and we're joined by Braden Wessler, and then we finish it off with a little basketball. I'm Cameron, and we have Ryan. I get beat on Madden by my teenage daughter. Wow, way to jump into that one. <laughs> and Scott. I don't get beat by my teenage daughter. Oh, you don't have a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> In full disclosure, Ryan did get beat on Madden by his teenage daughter, and he chucked the controller. You know how many years has been <laughs> since I've played Madden on PS? Excuses. Was, was, was this just over the weekend? <laughs> like last weekend? <laughs> so if anyone out there has any tips uh, on Madden to beat a teenage girl, go ahead and tweet that at Ryan at drum and feather. <laughs> That's drum, the letter N, Feather. You would you would full on a rod against your daughter, huh? <laughs> yes. All right. So signing day is just a week away. It's good to see you guys. I thought it would be a good idea that we get together, kind of talk about guys that have signed or committed to Utah so far. And, and really, I'm excited to talk to Braden Wessler, who just committed to Utah um, out of Bingham High. So really looking forward to that call. Let's jump into it. Signing day is a week away. Who are you guys excited to see? You know who I'm really excited to see is Puka Nakua. <laughs> oh, oh, little foreshadowing here, huh? It would be nice. I if think you he's pull coming. That out. I think he's coming. I'll tell you what. That's a game changer if uh, if we can seal the deal on Puka. Oh, it's huge. And and on our last episode that we did uh, with the roundtable talking about the season, Dan Sorensen from Mute Zone talked about Puka, and he said it, it's fifty fifty right now. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, I think the the staff has done a tremendous job, but it's really uh, the idea of playing with his brother Samson, who obviously is a member of the team for the last couple of years, and playing with him, and and just being able to to kind of have that association, I think that's huge, and that's probably a draw that's really given Utah a chance to to sign him and and pull him away from his commit to USC, whether whether or not he is still committed. Publicly, he's, he's still committed to USC. Obviously, he just tripped up to Washington. Um, I'm not sure which is worse, losing him to USC or Washington, um, if, if in fact that's the direction he goes. But uh, instantly, he's a guy that's going to be able to, to play and make an impact from day one. I mean, he was the all-star of the Polynesian Bowl. You know, he and he played well at the Under Armour All American game. Uh, you know, he on these big stages, he's proven that he is every bit of this top recruit. Um, that's why he's got this interest uh, from so many big name teams throughout the country. So, yeah, it'll be huge. Obviously, we're going to have to wait till signing day whether or not uh, um, the Utes can pull him in. But uh, he would ultimately he would change this class overnight. 
And let's not sugarcoat it. USC, it's not going pretty well right now it's over there. No, fire. no, it's it's a it's a disaster. I mean, you have a, a five star kid who's enrolled for less than a month has already taken off. It's and, from, it and it's not even the football team, right? I mean, it's administrative oh, issues yeah. that the, just the whole down. the school, the athletic department, the and you know the focus is really on the football program. That's where all the eyeballs are, and. And, you know, you have to wonder if Clay Helton <laughs> would have been best served getting canned after this season than going through this uh, this scenario that he's gone through in the offseason. He might be wishing that he's not there. Yeah, I mean, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's there for basically long enough to drink a big gulp, and he's back in the NFL, or he's off to the NFL, and... And uh, although they did they did announce today, Graham Harrell is uh, going to be the new OC, which is a pretty good name. We'll see we'll see how well he does. He's got to take the training wheels off real quick because he doesn't have much time. He's got one season to probably do some pretty miraculous things with that offense, um, or he and that entire staff most likely will be looking for a job. So it's kind of a tough gig. You got to you got to produce from day one. You know, and let's here's here's to hoping they don't and just continue that turmoil, even though that affects the Pac-12 and uh, and the image of the Pac-12 is not uh, all that great at the moment. But I think uh, having a, uh, a South opponent and a South rival struggling like that's always good for us. So kind of looking at the class so far um, that has signed and and committed, I think f- for me who really stands out is is Micah Bernard, running back. Um, out of California. And here's the thing that I really like about Bernard is I think he's going to be able to come in and challenge for playing time from the get-go. Obviously, Zach Moss is Well, if he doesn't have starter. blinders on, he'll definitely be a step ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you know, Zach Moss is going to be the star running back. He's going to be going to be the, the starter. But I think that second string still up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Shine's sticking around. At least we haven't heard anything that he's uh, that he's gonna look for another opportunity elsewhere. So you, so you have Shine, and you have uh, T.J. Green, who T.J. I mean, Green he, he showed who well, but he showed, didn't really take ownership of the second. No, string, but but, which I but he, he showed would. he showed a lot of promise and he showed a lot of ability. And and when we needed big plays, he can make those. But you're right, he didn't get a ton of opportunities, and he did not solidify. A backup job by any means, but you know you can't also forget that you've got Devonte Henry Cole, um, who's going to come off uh, a redshirt year, um, and he's got a ton of ability. So, and then and then you add Mike Bernard. It's a deep, deep running back class, and 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 Braden Whistler, who we'll talk about here in in a few minutes. It's a, that's a that's a deep backfield. Um, a lot of op, a lot of options and a lot of uh, speed and talent in that position. So. But I'm excited for Bernard as well. I think I think he's got great tape, a good recruit, highly touted. So, well, and the the other thing I, I'm really impressed with with I mean with this class overall, but with him, a three star kid, and you know he might have to redshirt. I know I said he has a chance to get say, the uh, second I, I, string, but I mean there's so many guys a- ahead of him. It's just that that depth. You're going to add depth as a, a three star running back. Like that's a great problem to have, and I think that's something that we're seeing over the last year or so is that Utah's really starting to build that Pac-12 level depth. Yeah, yeah, I I, I would not be surprised to see him uh, see him redshirt, and, and you know that gets Zach Moss out of the picture. Um, 
you know, Shine, you know, both Shine and Moss are seniors this year. So that definitely opens things up for next year. But but you're right, if he comes in and in fall camp can turn some heads and surprise some people and 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 earn some earn an opportunity, you you know this coaching staff's gonna give it to him. The best guys play, bar none. So um if he can produce, he'll get that opportunity as a freshman. Just ask Jack Tuttle. <laughs> Who's your for life? <laughs> All right, Scott. Who who's catching your eye so far? Catching my eye, you know, one guy, and I'm probably gonna butcher this name. Um, the last name I can handle is it Lacaria? 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 Well, with that, <laughs> you don't want to ask me. <laughs> yeah, Cam, I'm not asking help for that. Let's go with uh, Lacaria Pleasant Johnson. Um, he is a, a he's a defensive back with good size, six feet out of uh, out of Phoenix, Arizona, and I mean just look at his offer list from Colorado, Florida, Iowa State, Missouri, Nebraska, San Diego State, Oregon State. So I mean he was he, he was uh, he was sought after sought after by a number of big time programs, and I love his size. He's going to be able to come in and and had a great senior year and really solidify that depth, especially after next season where you're going to lose um, both uh, Jalen Johnson and Julian Blackman. And so you're going to have opportunities to step in. So this will be a great opportunity for him, get a little bit, come in, get a little bit of experience um, and then be one of those guys to be able to take over in 2020. But I really like it. I really like his tape. Log on to Ute Zone, log on to, to, to Rivals, whatever you subscribe to. And and look up his film because uh, he's gonna he's gonna be that type of player that's gonna continue the tradition of great defensive backs at Utah. Well, I think he has a great chance of getting playing time this season if if they need to move Blackman back to safety or whatnot and yeah, kind of open up playing time at the corner position this coming season. Kudos uh, to the coaching staff uh, for getting him in, into the fold because, like what you said, Scott, tremendous talent. So my guy to look out for in this recruiting class is Aaron Lowe. Oh, I like it. I like one. it. All of us three here around the table and all of you Ute fans out there have probably seen him all over Twitter. He he posts Utah stuff all the time. He's out there recruiting guys to come to Utah. I mean, I mean he's a, he's he's a good recruiting tool himself. Uh coming in as a safety, 6 feet, 180 pounds out of Texas. But I'm excited to see him play because I think uh, to have a guy that is at a, of that age so committed early and just really trying to get other guys to to come play with him, it's pretty cool. I mean, he. I mean, you're right, right? Because as soon as he committed to Utah, which seemed like a long time ago, he completely shut down his recruitment. Like, I don't think he took any other visits. I don't. He wasn't entertaining any other offers or, or really thing. And and I mean, I'm not going to fault other kids who who still do that because it's their life, it's their recruitment, they can do whatever you want. But it is really cool to see someone like what you said who bought into the program. You know, Morgan Scally uh, was the one who recruited him. As soon as he bought in, he was completely sold. And I mean, everyone, what you said, everyone sees him on Twitter. He he's selling like no other. Well, as the old saying goes, if if Morgan Scally offers a safety, uh, watch out because and you've seen it. Morgan's offered a few other guys in Washington. Oregon, some other big time programs just follow suit. They follow. There's certain things that Utah does extremely well, and it is finding safety. It is finding defensive backs. 
that are not four or five star guys. They they find guys that they identify that fit their mold, that have the technique, that have well, not even so much the technique, because a lot of that is taught once they get here, but have the ability to be taught and the athletic ability to then pick it up and develop over their time here at Utah. And that's why Oregon follows Scally around and Washington follows Scally around is Not because anymore. he's he's locked his Twitter. <laughs> he has he has gone private. <laughs> he, so he has protected his uh, it, Twitter. It is one step in the right direction, but uh, let's let's be honest, that's not going to slow uh, Mr. Peterson down up uh, at UW, but but he's got a reputation and he he finds these guys. I mean, you look at Lowe's re- interest from other schools, you're not blown away by the offer list that he has. But Again, if if Scally and Wit want a guy, chances are that guy's going to end up being pretty darn good. So I, I think I think I love it. And as soon as he got that Utah offer, he did get start getting more interest because people take note. There's a reputation that Utah Scally and Wit have. And I mean, you could say the same thing. You're looking at Blair and Ballard. I mean, those guys didn't have high. high no. Uh, I mean, both Offers. those guys were JC guys that, uh, you know, just were under the radar, you know, and Blair's blowing up at the Senior Bowl, and he he's probably going to be, um, I don't know, third, fourth round pick when all is said and done. And uh, we'll see we'll see if Ballard gets that opportunity. But but again, you got you got to like that, and, and that that reputation is starting to really seep out beyond just the conference. So, th- yeah, that's somebody who I'm excited about seeing and seeing how he develops over his time here at Utah. All right, so we can't talk about recruiting and not bring up kind of the the news that's happened since our last recording with with Cameron Rising signing with Utah, transfer out of Texas. He replaces the Jack Tuttle signing uh, for that class. Who's that that you speak of? For that class. I think the portal has, is really good for the players. And I think Utah's taking full advantage of it. That really surprised me. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. It's a great pickup for Utah. But I didn't, you know, I just didn't see that happening. I mean, after one visit, and then it was almost immediate that he he signed. Well, he came and he experienced the family Family experience. I mean, no. I mean, he is a California kid, so he he is a little closer to home than Texas. Um, and I think the biggest thing is at Texas, there was no guarantee that he was going to be second or have an opportunity in the next year or two to be the starter down there. Whereas he knows here, he's going to have every opportunity to be the starter, and uh, so he's familiar with the conference. He's closer to home. You know, with a clear path for some playing time and, and uh, you know. And when you factor in that we just have this incredible reputation for offense and uh, just <laughs> prolific scores, you know, I just, I think it was uh, goes hand in hand. What do they say? Two in the bush, three in the, the hand? Something like that. <laughs> no, but it's, I'm excited because I think uh, he, he's, he's got, he's got some, Moxie. Well, he's got some moxie. He he seems like a quarterback that just belongs on like Friday Night Lights or something. Like he should be the the main guy. And he's he's built pretty he's built pretty pretty well. Um, not incredible size, six one, but I'm excited. I 
I, I think uh, from what we heard from people at Texas, uh, Texas was very high on him, did not want him to transfer. I think that speaks volume in and of itself. So I, I, I think he's going to have every opportunity. I'd be shocked if he probably doesn't win that job. If there is a downside to it, you'd have to look at the effect it has on Shelley. I mean, if if Shelley thinks that this kid's going to come in and beat him out, he might transfer. Yeah, it's well, and I think you're going to have possible. that now with with the portal and how e how easy it is for for players to leave. But I think I mean there's a flip side to it because when players leave, like a Jack Tuttle, that is opens up opportunity for other players that are looking to for sure to go somewhere else. But I mean. In the in this new era, I mean, we kind of talked about it on the last podcast as we kind of finalized the season. Is you know this transfer portal has kind of changed things. So you're going to have almost free agency in college athletics. I mean, it's not out of the realm. Come fall camp, come spring or after spring, if Huntley wins the job, Shelley could say, "Hey, I want to go start somewhere else. I proved I can play at this level, and I want to go play." I mean, it's—I don't expect that to happen by any means. Nor am I trying to start anything here, but it's—you also never know. So things things change so quickly. You know, it's very rare. I think anywhere anymore that you're just going to have a guy come and and stay all four years if he's not playing. And especially at the quarterback position. Exactly. And we've seen that Shelley doesn't shy away from competition. I mean, he had Jack Tuttle coming in as his highly recruited quarterback who who everyone thought might come in and, and beat out both of those guys, Huntley and, and Shelley, and, and he fought and battled and... He got the second string job and then took over when Huntley got injured. So. Well, he, he beat Jack Tuttle once. Who's to say he can't beat Cam yeah. Rising? Yeah. I mean, so... Well, and that's the other thing, right? It, it breeds competition. It does. It does. And it, and it makes people better. You know, there's a lot of scenarios. I mean, what if what if after fall camp, Shelley's the starting quarterback? Does Huntley say, I'm out for my senior year? I mean, there's so many things that could come into play. Which is important why Utah's got to continue to recruit the quarterback position. It doesn't look like they're going to bring anybody else in in this recruiting class, which makes next year enormous for going out and getting. You got to get probably minimal two guys next year just to um, bring in the depth where it needs to be. Well, you almost think that they'd have to bring somebody else in this year who's eligible to play because Rising's not eligible to play. That leaves you Huntley. And Shelley and Lisk. And yeah, Lisk no, isn't going to see the field. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in a JC. Well, they they are bringing in another preferred walk on, walk on, I believe, out of the state of Wisconsin, think, yep. somewhere in the Midwest. But again, you know, I think that's more of a kind of a, a future Drew Lisk, somebody who's just going to be there for depth, probably not going to turn into anything unless he's just an absolute diamond in the rough. But uh, by all accounts, at least from the things that I've heard. And unless you know, unless there's another transfer that pops up that's a good fit, I'd be kind of surprised at this point if we do bring in somebody else. Although I'm not against it, because again, you need that depth. Speaking of another transfer, just became official. Uh, a former East High linebacker, Christian Fualu, uh, who originally committed uh, to Stanford, then went up to to Oregon State, went on a mission, came back to BYU, and he's now at Utah. So if you can name all of all of those schools in order, we'll put something in the mail for you to. <laughs> we got like a Utah Man podcast sticker for you. 
But uh, he is officially a Ute as of today as a preferred walk-on. So uh, adds a little bit more depth to that linebacking core as well. We'll see if he gets an opportunity down the road to maybe earn a scholarship and, and get on the field. All right, so as we're kind of talking about you know commitments and, and recruiting, we can't not bring on Utah's latest commit. We have Braden Whistler on the phone. Now, before we bring him on, I'll let you know that interview is brought to you by Doubletree Suites by Hilton in Salt Lake City. They're located on 110 West, 600 South. Give them a call at 801-359-7800 or look them up at Hilton.com. All right, so joining us on the phone now, the latest commit for the Utes from Bingham High, Braden Wessler. Braden, thanks for coming on, buddy. I'm I'm super excited to talk to you. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on here. So honestly, the I think the the thing I want to ask you first off, you missed your whole senior year with an injury. You've been rehabbing, I mean, super hard. I know people that have been following you on social media can see all the work you're putting in. Can you just kind of explain to our listeners kind of what happened to you at, at the beginning of your senior season and, and what you've done um, since there to this point? Yeah, so, you know, the first game of our season, um, I was on defense, uh, went to try and make a tackle, uh, just playing really hard and uh, blew out my ACL. Um, so, you know, that it was, it was a major setback, but, you know, I looked at it as a, a major setback for a major comeback. And, um, you know, so I didn't really... I didn't really let it affect me as, as much as people probably thought it would, um, you know, because at that time I knew that I would be playing college somewhere. Um, so, I mean, that really helped. But, um, you know, I always love a challenge. And, you know, I saw that as a challenge uh, instead of my senior year, really going out there and playing. I saw that as a challenge to come back as fast as possible. And uh, so, you know, it took it took a lot of hard work. And, um, you know, right off the bat, trying to get my uh, – my range of motion back and, and, uh, just working with the physical therapist, uh, almost every day and, um, for a couple hours a day and, um, and then trying to make it to, to back to football practice after that and, you know, try to, uh, support the team and, and, you know, try to be a leader on the team as, as much as I can, um, you know, from the sidelines. And, um, so, you know, it was, it was a different experience, you know, than being on the field. Um, but I wouldn't trade for anything, uh, for sure. Cause, you know, the, the things that I learned being off field and, and viewing it from afar was was uh, was really anything that um, I wouldn't trade it for. So it was, you know, it was difficult, but it was uh, it was fun just having a challenge like that. Um, but now at this point, I've uh, it's about five months out, and I'm I just got cleared uh, yesterday actually to um, go do full training and everything I need to do to get back on the field playing as much as I can. So, Brayden, take us through, obviously, you know, the disappointment of losing out on your senior year, but how did that affect your recruiting? Kind of take us uh, take us through how the, this recruiting process went for you. Um, I mean, yeah, it was, it was disappointing um, right at first. I mean, I was heartbroken for, um, for a while. Um, but, you know, then I, at the same time, I, I looked at it as, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I, I may not know it now, but in the future, I'll look back and say, oh, that's why that's why that happened so that um these things would have lined up for me and um so with with my injury and, and recruiting uh you know there was some struggles with it there was some colleges that said um you know with the need there, there's it doesn't help our chances of getting you 
um, uh, on scholarship and, and things like that. Um, so that was a little difficult, but there's most of the colleges were very supportive and, um, just based off things they'd seen, um, they, they were like, you know, saying, um, we know you'll come back, uh, faster, stronger, better. And, and, you know, they really took a chance on me. And so I'm grateful for all the opportunities that people have given me. So you had a number of pretty much every in-state school coming after you. Um, uh, Troy Taylor, who was at Utah, moved down to uh, Sacramento State, um, wanted you. Why Utah? Why ultimately did you decide to become a U? Um, so, yeah, I looked at it as uh, I played on the best high school team in the state, and I wanted to go and play on the best college team in the state. Wow. And, Heck you know, yeah. I like it. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, uh, being in the Pac-12 and, and, um, you know, the national exposure of just being the Pac-12 and having uh, um, the different uh, accolades throughout the year and, and, and things like that, um, it was a great opportunity. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of my family are, are Utah fans, and I've had, uh, you know, relatives like my brother-in-law. He, he played on the uh, – he played uh, for Utah um, back in the day. And, and so, you know, they, they're all really supportive of Utah, but they've all been really good throughout this process too, just uh, – supporting me wherever I, I wanted to go. And in the end, you know, it was my decision and um, I picked Utah and just being able to go in and, and learn from people like Britton Covey and, and Zach Moss and, and guys like that, that have had a lot of success and a lot of experience and, um, you know, anything to help me with my game and, and uh, get on the show as soon as possible. And so you picked Utah this past weekend on TV. How did that come about? Is that something that, that you've, like reached out to them or did they reach out to you? Uh, no. So I announced that I would be doing my commitment on my birthday. Um, and I just expect to do it at my house, have a little party, set up the table, put the hats out and, and, you know, uh, get the commitment done. And, um, they ended up emailing me and, um, channel two news emailed me and, and, uh, you know, we're saying, Hey, this is Dave Fox. We want to do a, a segment with you announcing your commitment on, uh, um, on TV, and so you know it was a great opportunity. So I, I took it and ran with it. That's awesome, dude. It was, and it, hey, it was as not only as a Utah fan, but just as a, a football fan and college football fan. It was, it's always fun to see you know the local kids kind of get that recognition and something I'm sure you're going to remember the rest of your life. Uh, I remember oh, on, yeah, on the broadcast sure. they talked about how you hadn't even told your parents yet where you were going or, or had made that choice to go to Utah. When did you come to? Th- the decision that it was Utah? Um, so really, you know, I, um, yeah, it, it was pretty close secret. I mean, none of my family knew. I, I think my parents had some idea. I'd, I'd have some conversations with them and, um, you know, I wanted to keep them in the loop as much as possible, but at the same time, keep it a surprise. Um, but, but definitely the rest of my family had, had no idea. Everyone was taking guesses and, and, uh, trying to guess where I was going to go. And, um, you know, I, I really made the decision, um, when, you know, Utah coaches really started reaching out to me and, and, uh, coach McDonald was texting me and calling me. And, um, I had a few conversations with him before I went down to my visit, uh, at Sac State. And I ended up, uh, getting a call from, uh, coach Pua, um, at Utah. And, and he wanted to invite me down to an official visit. And, you know, I was really grateful for that. And I think, you know, at that time I was, I was, I was pretty set on Utah, but that really did it for me. And, and, um, you know, I, I realized these guys really wanted me and uh, I really wanted to be a U. What position do you envision yourself playing or have the coaches talked to you about how they're going to utilize you? 
Um, so they said, you know, a little mix of uh, a slot receiver and running back and, you know, possibly a, a power return, kick return. And, um, but, you know, I, I visualize myself wherever they need me. I'm, I'm willing to play wherever it is to get on the field as soon as possible. Well, we, we've enjoyed uh, we've enjoyed just uh, kind of getting to know you a little bit. And I, I remember just on social media over this last season, you know, just clips of you have come about and and you really just started to get the attention, not only of Utah fans, but just college football fans here in the state seeing who is this kid. And and obviously, you know, what you what you bring on the football field is important, but uh, from everything that we've heard about you is, you know, the Utah is getting a really good person and somebody who's going to represent the university well. So we're excited. We're excited to, to cheer for you for the years to come and, and see the impact you'll make both, both on the, both on the field and off. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. All right, Brandon. Hey, thanks again, you know, for taking time out of your day and, and your night. I mean, you're still in high school, you have homework, you have friends and so just the fact that, you know, during this crazy period of your time when you're trying to enjoy this, you kind of carve out some time for us. It, it's much appreciative. And, you know, we're looking forward to, to seeing you, um, like what Scott said, up on the hill. And, uh, and especially at practices coming this fall, we'll be uh, really excited to see you up there. We, we can chat a little bit more um, after practices and whatnot. Um, but again, hey, congratulations again. And, and buddy, hey, thanks. Thanks for, for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Go you. Man, that was great talking to Braden. I'm I'm so stoked to have a local kid that joining the youth. It's one thing that Utah has got to improve on is getting that local talent to stay. And Braden's a great kid. He's working his butt off to get back from that injury. He's going to be a great asset to this team. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think he's that type of kid who's going to come in. He's going to earn a scholarship at some point, even though he doesn't have one at the moment. I mean, you just watch his film. And he's not the. I mean, everyone's comparing him to Britton Covey, right, for height and just that speed, um, you know. But the, they are different players. But you look at his tape, and uh, the kids, the kids got some talent. And eventually, you're going to see it up on the field. Well, and this is my own personal opinion. I'm not a recruiting expert by any means, but I honestly feel if he plays his senior season, he is not a two star recruit. He's easily oh, yeah. a three star. And getting full right scholarship D1 level. Yeah, I mean, well, and he touched on that. You know, it was obviously disappointing, but he wouldn't change it for the world. So things happen for a reason, and you know, it, it maybe helped us get him. You know, and uh, so who knows? We're we're excited to to see him up there, and I hope his rehab continues to go well. And I did like how he threw out there that he played for the best high school in the state, so he needed to play for the best college in the state. <laughs> <laughs> He's already speaking truth. I love it. I love it. All right, so that will do it for our our recruiting update. I want to talk a little bit about the basketball team right now. They're playing super well, second in the Pac-12 right now. I don't think a lot of people saw this a month ago uh, coming into league play for them. But, I mean, the freshmen have honestly just kind of taken over uh, this team. Uh, I mean, with Bearfield, of course. But, I mean, second in the Pac-12, it phenomenal start um, to what could be you know, a successful end of the season for, for Larry and the boys. Yeah. I mean, this, this team is uh, drastically different from what we saw from this team in November and December. I mean, it's, it's night and day difference. They were awful defensively and even awful offensively. And the offense has come so far and the, the defense at times is still a little shaky. 
Um, but they're making progress there. I mean, Cedric Bearfield and Donnie Tillman are really carrying the club right now. I mean, and and you could even you could even argue argue Parker Van Gusek Dyke has has really come along and he's really played some important minutes for this team on this on this four game winning streak. But but who would have thought that this this would be the team out of every team we've had since joining the Pac-12? Who would have thought this would be the team that would go down to Maples Pavilion and win at Stanford when we never have? So Scott, you you kind of bring out kind of the upperclassmen there: Bearfield, Tillman, Van Dyke. But but you can't forget the the freshmen like Gotch and, and Timmy Allen. No, but the, the fresh the freshmen have have picked it up. I mean. D- Timmy Allen is basically turning into like a double double machine. He he's he's kind of turning into the player we all expected when when we got him. And yeah, early he, on, he, we were all I think a little disappointed in watching him play. We didn't he didn't start the season like we anticipated or what we thought we'd see out of him. No, and 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 really all the freshmen for that. You know, Riley Batten. You know, he's this offensive juggernaut in high school, and we really have not seen him just kind of take over offensively. But you're, you've seen moments where, where he has shown what he can do offensively. He can stretch the floor. He can shoot the three. He's pretty good down low. But Timmy Allen, he's kind of like a, a little bit more athletic Jordan Loveridge to me. You know, he can do everything. He can shoot the three, doesn't have the prettiest shot like Jordan. Um, not as good of a shooter as Jordan was, um, but he's much better down low. He's a good rebounder. He can he can he can hit that mid range jumper top of the key. Um, he can slash. He can drive to the basket. He he is really coming on. And then you then you look at what uh, Booth Gotch has done. That Kentucky game, he single handedly kept us in that game, or at least from making it an embarrassment. Um, and, and he had 17 points against Stanford. He's really, he's really looking the part. So these, these young freshmen are kind of starting to come into their own. And then you, you match that with Bearfield, with, with, with Donnie Tillman, who's now got a three point shot. Um, pretty good Jace Johnson. Well, and that's what I was alluding to. When you match that with our big men, (laughs) That's where we got some issues. <laughs> Amen. Because our big men, man, I I love them, but they struggle. Topolovic, I'm not even sure he's aware he transferred to Utah yet. <laughs> I don't think Jace Johnson knows he's here either. And Jace, you know, he's kind of got a little attitude now that he's put on that headband. <laughs> He's kind of playing with it, some attitude, and and the thing that the thing that's frustrating with him is you see it in moments. In you moments, really he kind of takes over. He'll be great defensively. He's getting every rebound. He's even making shots. He's getting offensive boards. He's getting putbacks. He looks really good in moments, and then he looks like he's never picked up a basketball. In others, sounds like Greg Ostertag. And and I think that's that man. That's that's the frustration where Ute fans are coming from. I mean, you you watch a game and not a lot of kind words are towards the big men as of late, and and that's just the frustration. Is he's good in moments, but you just don't get that consistent performance out of him. They took thirty one threes the other night. 
I mean, that's uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of we're we're living, we are living and dying by the three ball because other than getting some slash points here and there, you just you, there's no interior no, presence no post game to just go and get a bucket when you need it. And 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 that's that's the biggest issue with this team is just the inconsistent play down low. And so you've got to let Bearfield just go nuts out top. You got to let these guys take their shots when they've got them because. At this point, that's your best efficiency offensively is shooting the three ball. And you know, a lot of credit does have to go to Larry to you know to get these young players up to up playing at this level right now. Because really, if 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 Timmy Allen doesn't isn't playing the way he does, if Gosh doesn't play the way he's playing right now, there's no way they're they're second right now in the Pac-12. No, I mean, yeah. Credit, I mean, and Larry's taking some heat. He has and not. That's what I'm alluding to. I mean, people were ready to run him out in December. Yeah, I mean, he he, he was and he was not in good favor for a little while with how the team is playing. But but you could, at the same time, obviously, this is a very young team, and we knew that this team would get better as the season went on. They always do under Larry. They don't come out of out of the gates gangbusters unless they've got a real experienced team. So you knew there was going to be some growing pains. I'm not sure we expected the type of growing pains that we got because they look just so dysfunctional and so out of sorts, um, really doing on both sides of both sides of the floor. But they have made a bunch of progress. They're, they're really playing together as a team. You're kind of seeing them you're seeing what they wanted what they want to accomplish both offensively and defensively and they still have a ways to go defensively um but i love the young core that we have and then next year hope is on the way with the big men you've got uh, um carlson a big 7 footer coming in you've got 7 foot 4 van komen coming in and then you've got um lahat uh, thune who's going to be coming off the redshirt year who um, by everything that we've heard is just a shot blocker, a defensive threat down low. So so you're gonna have you're gonna have a better more big man and and hopefully a better quality big man next year to go along with this young core that we have. Um I you know, but the fact that they're playing this well, who knows? Come uh, come March or come Vegas, could they make? Could they go on a roll and and sneak into the NCAA tournament? Still, probably pretty unlikely. But at the same time, you never know. Great point, Scott. And and really, at this point of the year, you want the team to be playing at their best ball, continuing forward. And it looks like they're doing that. And look, you said hopefully they can make, you know, a deep run in the Pac-12 tournament, and maybe possibly have a small chance of getting into the NCAA tournament. I know it's a long shot, uh, but we'll kind of see yeah, know, where the chips lie. It's probably an NIT NIT team again this year. If which if, at, if which we can... at the beginning of the season I think is yeah, is, is, but, is, but let's be honest, is, this you know, program needs to be in the NCAA tournament, and this fan base wants a, a team in the NCAA tournament, and so this is four no, years. I'm not saying you settle for the NIT by any means. But I remember going to the preseason games thinking, I don't even know if they can hang in the CBI tournament. No, I mean, for sure. And this season is what it is. But but they've got to they gotta make some strides because next year's make or break in that regard. And, and, and this weekend, quite frankly, is a pretty important stretch of games for, uh, for the conference. Obviously, it looks like Washington's probably going to 
run away with this thing. They don't even have a, they don't even have a loss yet. But you've got a uh, underachieving Oregon team coming in on Thursday, and you've got a, a surprising team in Oregon State that's just on our heels on Saturday. So if you can if you can defend the home court and and win these next two games, it puts Utah in actually a pretty good position. Uh, for the final kind of the, the second half of this season, conference season, to really secure one of those top four spots for Vegas. Uh, before we wrap this up, we do have to give a shout out to the women's basketball team uh, for Utah, eighteen and one on the season. They jumped up to I believe number fourteen uh, in the poll today. What Coach Roberts has done in her short time with this program is phenomenal. It takes a lot for me to kind of just, you know, get irked by anything college basketball related, college women's basketball, because I just haven't gotten into it much. But if you look at this top 25, the Utes are still getting hosed. I mean, they're 18 and 1, and you've got Iowa, who's got four losses in front of them. You got Texas with three. You got a whole slew of teams with three losses ranked ahead of the Utes. I think it's bogus. It took them a long time to even crack the top 25. I know, sure. Let's be grateful for what we have. But they're still getting hosed. And it's Larry Scott's fault somehow. So a big shout out uh, to the Lady Utes uh, for their season as they can kind of continue on uh, that success. And, and again, Coach Roberts doing a phenomenal job up there. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? Yeah, Uteman underscore forever. That is Uteman underscore forever. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. And you can always find our episodes and interviews online at utahmanpodcast.com. And you can always subscribe and listen to us on your favorite podcatcher, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever you want. We are there. And hopefully... Utah has a great signing day, and the Utah basketball team continues their winning ways, and go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes will be till I die, Kayai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. The punting tradition from down under, Mr. Ben Lemon. Lennon. <laughs> Lennon. It's Lennon. It's Lennon. It's Lennon. L-E-N-N-O-N. Even ben I can say that one. Ben Lemon. I'm not wearing my glasses. <laughs> okay, so I'll, oh, should I just redo that whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Cam's not that good of an editor. <laughs> do, just do the same thing you did, but do it better. <laughs> Hats off to uh, Cedric Bill. <laughs> Cam's, Cam's contagious. Oh.